This is the day the Lord has made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm Dr. D.C. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. Thank you for being with us today. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we proudly proclaim love to the family. And I pray that you'll send love back to me. I want to give a special shout out to many of our seniors who are shut in. They are still recuperating, recovering, resting. And I want them to know right now that we love you so much. We thank God for you. I got to give a special shout out to the McQueen's brother and sister McQueen, who have been a part of this church for generations, generations, as we celebrate our 150th anniversary. Uh, I checked on them just after the Resurrection Sunday service, and they told me they were doing well, and they're watching every week. So Brother and Sister McQueen, I love you and I thank God for you. Sister McQueen, Brother McQueen, they were all part of the pulpit committee and part of the team that brought me here now 28 years ago. And I'm grateful and thankful to the Lord for them. Now, let me just remind you of something. You're not watching us for us to make uh, for you to make us a big church or me a big preacher. I'm here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. And if God is speaking to you through this worship experience, if God is feeding you, if you are being sufficiently discipled during this period of your life for this season, please send us a note. Let us know what God is doing in your life. We want to pray for you and we want to celebrate with you what God is doing. All right. Our scripture reading today comes from Psalm 121. Psalm 121, a very familiar passage, and I'm going to be reading it from the New King James translation. Psalm 121, read along with us if you will. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. 
The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I've read for you Psalm 121 in its entirety, verses 1 through 8. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our proper response is, thanks be to God. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this another day that we have never seen before. And another day, if history is true, we will never see again. We ask God that you will anoint our time of worship today, that everything that we do and say will glorify you and edify your people. Encourage us, empower us, equip us so that we can be about the kingdom work that you have set our hands to do. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, listen, I said something in the sanctuary not too long ago. And for those of you who may be wondering, we are up and live in our sanctuary each Sunday at 10 a.m. If you'd like to come to 3015 North McGregor Way in Houston, Texas, we're right in the medical center area of our city. You are more than welcome to come. But I want you to know that if you are comfortable where you are and if you believe that God is feeding you where you are right now, just watching, man, we praise God for the privilege to be able to share with you on the World Wide Web, on the digital platform. But here's what I said to our church. I said, you know, I want to see all of you back in the sanctuary. What a beautiful thing to see the people of God gather together. But if you feel led, if you so choose not to come back, here's what I want to suggest to you. I would rather you serve for an hour and a half, two hours a week, than sit in the sanctuary for an hour and take a half hour on both sides to come here just to sit and then think that you have satisfied your Christian obligation. Now, wait a minute. Let me say that again, because some of you missed it. There are many who prior to COVID made the mistake of thinking that coming to church and coming to a building and sitting and observing and watching and worshiping was the ultimate fulfillment of their Christian duty and responsibility. And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, there is nothing further from the truth. You coming to sit inside of a building is not the fulfillment of your Christian responsibility. God wants you to be salt and light, not salt and light in the salt shaker or in the light store. He wants you to be salt in a dying world. He wants you to be light in a dark world. That means that our Christian worth, our Christian value needs to be shown outside of the sanctuary, not inside. So if you have to choose to come and sit or to go and serve, I'm telling you, you are more in alignment with the word of God if you go and serve. And so I want to encourage somebody today. Hey, man, we would love to see your face back in the place. But if you're going to be home, 
If you're going to be in your private praying grounds and you're comfortable worshiping the Lord there. Here's what I want you to know. Christianity was never meant to be lived in isolation, but I'm not talking about isolation from the saints. I'm talking about isolation from the world because dying men and women will not come to know Jesus. If the saints stay in their holy huddles and never break the huddle and go out and run a play on the field, we've got to make a commitment to get out. And so I told our members, I'm telling you right now, wherever you are in one of 143 countries, your Christian worth and value is not seen by huddling together with other believers and praising God. It's how we make a difference in the world that we live in. For us, it's the food pantry. For us, it's the prison ministry. For us, it's ministry in the nursing home. For us, it's going to the food bank. For us, it's feeding the homeless. For us, it's ministering to people outside of our four walls off of our campus. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. All right. Our praise team is going to come now and minister in song. Following that, I'll have our word for today. And this is a word that is looking at a character that many of you may have heard talked about on last week. Uh, many sermons were preached last week for Mother's Day around Hannah. Uh, but today I want to take a different look at Hannah's life because before she became a praising mother, she actually was a praying woman. And I want to talk about the power of prayer on today. All right. Stay with us, if you will. Come on, let's worship the Lord today with the praise team. Song simply says, this is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, let's lift it up together. Say, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord That's it. has made. See, I will rejoice and be glad in it. the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. See, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will Come rejoice on, and be glad So hallelujah. So we bless your name.
Don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on 
So don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you No matter how it looks right now Don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you Anybody believe that today? Even when it looks rough at times When it seems like he ain't gonna make a way out of the way But God is able Yes he is, he is able Yes, he is. Oh, so don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. Come on, help me sing it. Say, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up. Come on, can we declare that together? Come on, say, don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up. Come on, break the music. Everybody lift it up. Say, don't give up on God. That's it, cause he won't give up. Time after time, don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up. He make ways out of the ways. He make ways out of the ways. Yeah. Oh, so don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up on you. Cause he's able. Come on, just for a moment, just lift your hands in praise and just thank God for the blessing of knowing Jesus for yourself. The blessing of salvation, if you know him. Remember, there's only two kinds of people in the world. People who know Jesus and people who need Jesus. And if you need him, I'm hoping before the end of the day, you'll come to know him. But if you know him, I don't care where you are right now. Just lift your hand and just say thank you. Just lift your hand and say thank you. Thank God for the blessing of life, health and strength. And thank God for being God in your life. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that as your word goes forth, encourage us, challenge us, help us to be all you want us to be, to give you the glory and the honor in the midst of it all. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So most of us, when we think about our prayer life, if we're honest, we're praying for God to do something. Typically, we're praying for God to do something in regards to a situation or a circumstance, or maybe we're praying for God to deliver us or for God to give us something, right? But, but we want God to do something around us, for us, that will benefit us directly or family members or friends. But here's what I've learned in life. And let's see if you'll agree with me. Very rarely do we find ourselves praying for God to do something to us. God, deliver me. God, bring me out. God, bless me with. God, give me. God, provide me. But how often do you pray and say, God, here's what I want you to do to me? As a matter of fact, we will typically pray 
and ask God to do something to somebody else and ask God to do something for us. In our text today, we have a woman who we lift as a praising mother. She brought her son, Samuel, asked of God to the temple and gave him back to God because she knew God gave him to her. But but here's what I need somebody to glean today. I want you to see the principles of what it means to pray your way to a blessing, because watch this. Before she was a praising mother, she was a praying woman. And I think this message is applicable not just to the women, but to the men as well. All of us need to learn how to pray our way to a blessing. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how to pray your way to a blessing, how to pray your way to a blessing. First Samuel chapter one is our foundational text today. First Samuel chapter one is our foundational text today. Here's the first thing I want you to see, want you to see if you're going to pray your way to a blessing. Number one, you must continue to pray and seek God despite where you find yourself. You must continue to pray and seek God despite where you find yourself. This woman, Hannah, the Bible says, was in a painful, awkward place. Verse one, the ESV translation says there was a certain man of Ramathens Zovin of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Ilkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. The Bible says that Ilkanah has two wives, Penina and Hannah. Uh, Penina had children. Hannah had no children. And I want you to notice something. Hannah had no children through no fault of her own. Now, this was a tough and difficult situation to find herself in. Because this was a day and time when women almost exclusively defined their worth by their ability to have children in general and specifically to have male children. Because it was through male children in this patriarchy system that property was typically inherited. It was through male children that authority resided. And so here is this woman, Hannah, through no 
fault of her own, loved by her husband, but she is barren. She is without children. And, and please stay with me today because I want to submit to you today that, that somebody who's listening, you may not be barren physically. You may have children. We, you may have sired children. You may have given birth to children. But let me just put out parenthetically that you may be barren spiritually. You, you may not have given birth to what it is that you believe God wants you to do. You, you may be watching today feeling like there is so much more in you than has come out of you. You may be watching today feeling like you're at one level, but, but you believe that you have within you next level living, but you just haven't been able to get there. You just haven't been able to get the breaks. You just haven't been able to receive the blessings. The Bible says that this woman, Hannah, was part of a family that was marked by two things. One, the family was devout. They were devout. They were dedicated to God. Ilkanah, a, a priest, he was dedicated to worshiping the Lord. But while this family was devout, this family was also divided. They were divided. They were divided because uh, Penina made it clear that she was favored by God because she had children and Hannah did not. Listen to me carefully. When you find yourself going through something for a long time, what do you tend to do? I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that far too many times we will pray, especially initially, especially at the outset of a tough situation or circumstance, we will pray, but our prayers will begin to wane when we don't see God moving in the way that we think he should move. We'll get discouraged. We'll get frustrated. We'll get disgusted. Why? Because by now we think God should have moved. So let me give you an example. I made a request uh, several weeks ago now for some information from a governmental entity. And this governmental entity said to me, uh, as a matter of fact, they sent me a message saying that a letter with the information that I requested would be sent out. Uh, it would take up to five business days for it to be concluded, the case to be closed, and then they will send me the information. I have not received the information yet. I told you it was probably two or three weeks ago when I made the call. So I called them and said, hey, I want to check on the status of this. I'm concerned because I did everything. I received a message from you all, but I have not received the information I requested. The lady said, hold on, let me check just for a moment, Mr. Cofield. She went and checked and then she came back and she said, our records show that it's still being processed. It takes time. Listen to me carefully. It takes time for us to process the request in the office and it takes time for it to be sent out and to be delivered by the U.S. mail service. She said you are still within the window of waiting to receive it, but you should have it by the end of this week. She said, if you don't have it by the end of this week, call us, but you're still within the window of 
request made, processing the request and the request being responded to and sent out to you. I said, thank you very much. I was encouraged because I got an update. Here's the problem for many of us. We don't see, we don't feel, or maybe you have not received an update from God sufficient. So we pray hard at the beginning and then in the midst of the struggle, when God does not seem to be answering our prayers, we are ready to stop praying. Hannah teaches us to keep on praying. Pray through your pain. Keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Keep praying until your prayer is answered. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must pray and trust God despite what others say or do around you. You must pray and trust God despite what others say or do around you or to you. Watch what the text says. Verse six, first Samuel chapter one. And her rival, her rival, wait a minute, Ilkana's other wife living in the same house. I told you this family was not only devout, but it was divided. There was dysfunction going on. The text describes Penina as a rival who used to provoke her, Hannah, grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Can you imagine how that would play out? I mean, this is some baby mama drama, right? But can you imagine how Penina made, um, uh, Hannah, would you uh, get the, the baby bottle for me? I know you don't have one, but can you get the baby bottle for me? Or maybe, whoo, I'm so tired. Oh my God, I was up all night with that baby. Uh, Hannah, I know you got plenty of sleep. Can you can you help me with the baby right now and let me take a nap? Right. I mean, there there would just be some messiness there. I mean, you can imagine that. Right. Text says. As often as she went up, I'm in verse seven to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Ilkanah, verse eight. Her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat and why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now, Eli, the priest was sitting in the seat on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. Look at verse 10. Here it is. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Listen to me carefully. There will come a time in your life. If you haven't gotten there, just keep on living. There will come a time in your life where your prayer life will be tested by your being persecuted by those who are around you. You've got to learn how to pray through your persecution. Watch this. You've got to learn how to pray through your tears because just because you pray to God doesn't mean God is going to keep you from having to shed some tears. She had to cry. She wept bitterly, but she wouldn't allow her tears or her circumstances. Listen to me carefully. Keep her from continuing to pray and trust God. Somebody right now, here's what God is trying to communicate to you. Why did you stop praying? 
You say, well, I've been persecuted. And God says, why did you stop praying? He said, they, 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 they made me cry. Uh, 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 I, I, I was crying. I was, I was weeping. I, I, I couldn't sleep. And I, why did you stop praying? See, see, prayer is one of those things, brothers and sisters, that God calls us to do. If you're going to pray your way to a blessing, you can't stop praying because of what's going on around you. You can't stop praying because of what people are doing to you. You've got to keep on praying. Here's the third thing. Number three. You must pray and praise until the Lord answers your prayers. You must learn how to pray and praise until the Lord answers your prayers. Now watch this. When she prayed, let me go back for a minute. When she prayed, she prayed to the Lord of hosts. Verse 11. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. She says, the Lord of hosts. She she identifies the most significant name of God, the unspeakable name of God. And she says to God, God, based on who I know you to be, the one who was in the beginning before the beginning began, the one who stepped out of nowhere, stood on nothing and said, let there be and there was. Knowing who you are, Lord, I put my confidence in you. Her confidence in her prayer was rooted in her knowledge of God. And who God is, what God has done, and based on what he has done, what I know he can do. She had confidence. And she prays to God. Listen to me carefully. Her confidence in God did not wane because of the persecution of Penina. As a matter of fact, it's almost as if Hannah leaned into who God is even more when Penina taunted her. My brothers and sisters, somebody, God wants you to learn how to lean into him. Lean into him. When things are going on around you, that's not the time to quit on God. That's not the time to think, okay, my prayers haven't been answered or my prayers are not working because they didn't work fast enough. He said, no, no, no. You've got to learn how to pray and praise until the Lord answers your prayers. Go down to verse 19, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Check it out. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah and Ilkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Boy, we used to sing that song. Do Lord, do Lord, Lord. What? Remember me. She prayed 
And then the text says she worshiped. This family worshiped. They honored God. She prayed and she praised before her prayer was answered. It was almost a praise of faith, not just a prayer of faith, but a praise of faith. There was some anticipatory worship that went on. Because watch this. Here's what she learned. And this is what somebody needs to learn right now. Listen to me carefully. Your situation not changing doesn't mean God has changed. If God doesn't answer your prayer the way you think he should answer your prayer, it doesn't mean God can't answer your prayer. The text says she worshiped, she humbly bowed, she gave reverence to God. She honored God. She gave herself to the Lord. She worshiped and the text says the Lord, verse 19, the B part, remembered her. God heard the prayer and he remembered. Can I tell you something? Prayer and praise is a powerful combination. Prayer and praise, they're they're symbiotic and there's almost a a catalyst kind of effect when you learn how to praise in your prayer. Don't 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 pray and then have a pity party. Yeah, don't 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 pray and then uh, walk around and not give God the glory and the praise that he deserves, because whether or not he answers your prayer, he's still worthy of the praise. I wish I had some help right there. God wants you to know that he still can answer, but you've got to show him some faith. And sometimes your faith is not just rooted in your prayer. Lord, have mercy. Sometimes your faith shows up in your praise while you're praying. But you've got to learn how to praise him in your prayers. And that lets God know that you're really trusting him and you're really believing him. Let me share with you this last thing and then I'm going to let you go. I promise. Here's the fourth and final thing. Number four, you need to realize if you're going to pray your way to a blessing, the Lord wants to use your prayers to change you before he can do something to or for you. The Lord wants to change you before he will do something to you or for you. Now, if you read the text too fast, you'll miss this. Look at verse 20. And in due time, ESV translation says, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Samuel because she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Now, I'm going to leave Samuel alone. Let's just put Samuel on the side. The text says in due time. Hannah conceived. I told you earlier that there are many of you who are watching right now who may not be struggling with a physical birth but may be struggling with a spiritual birth. In other words, God has put something within you that he's trying to get out of you, but he has not been able to get it out of you yet. And you may be praying, saying, Lord, when is my season coming? The text says, in due time, in due time, God's appointed time, 
not chronological time. But in God's time. See, can I tell you something right quick? Many times. We don't understand God has to get us ready for what he's getting ready for us. There are some things that you're not prepared for yet. And you are praying. But if God gave you what you're praying for right now because of your immaturity, that prematurity of deliverance would actually bring about your downfall and your destruction or at least difficulties instead of giving you and taking you to the place that you ultimately want to be. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There's somebody right now you're praying for something and you're not ready for it yet. You're not ready to handle it yet. You're not mature enough yet. And God has to get you ready. It's not that he hasn't heard your prayer. God understands that some of our prayers are prematurely being asked because we don't have the maturity to handle the blessing that would come our way. Watch this. The text says in due time, Hannah conceived. Man, please don't read by that too fast. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. God had to do something to Hannah before he could do something through Hannah. God had to do something to Hannah before he could do something for Hannah. She was praying for a child, but she was really praying for a pregnancy. She was really praying for God to do something to her before God could do something through her. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. We're talking about how to pray your way to a blessing. I want to submit to you that there are many of us who need to change our prayer MO. We need to change our prayer modus operandi. We need to change our prayer uh, setup, our prayer organization, our prayer structure. We need to stop asking God, God, give me. We need to start praying, God, fix me. God, change me. God, make me. God, mold me. Now, listen to me carefully. Your life situations and circumstances may not change. God may not need to change your predicament, maybe God needs to change your perspective. Because God is trying to teach you something. God is trying to teach you some valuable lessons. And once you learn to change your perspective, then God is free to change your predicament. Because at the end of the day, he's just trying to teach you a lesson. I told you this before. Let me say it again. In life, I have learned the hard way that many times God is simply trying to teach me something. And it's usually in one of three areas. God is trying to teach me something about other people. God is trying to teach me something about myself. Or ultimately, God is trying to teach me something about him. And it may be one, two, or all three of those items in the same situation. So many times now in life, through trial and error, I just stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to see?
And typically it's multiple lessons on multiple layers. And I've got to learn how to learn what God is trying to teach me. Hannah didn't pray because she was a mother. She was a woman who prayed to become what she wanted because while she prayed, she recognized she wasn't what she wanted to be. And there's somebody who's watching right now. Listen carefully. You're praying and you want. And God says, no, I need you to start praying to become. God heard her agony. God healed her affliction and God answered her appeal. God hears your agony. Let God heal your affliction and let God change you so he can answer your appeal. Let God have his way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you, God, because there are times that we can't see you do great things until we go through great pain. I thank you because there's a relationship between pain, prayer, praise, and power. I thank you, God, because great pain, painful situations, painful circumstances, are many times the tools you use to make us pray. And I thank you, God, because when we pray, we've got to learn how to pray and learn how to praise together. Because praise as much as prayer is an act of faith when we find ourselves in trying times. Praise will remind us of who you are and how powerful you are and what you can do. Sometimes, God, we don't even know what to pray for. We pray for the results that we want, but we don't pray and ask for the process we have to go through. We pray for the final product without recognizing that we can't get to the final product until we go through your process. So God, I pray that somebody who's watching right now, somebody who's listening right now, that they will not be afraid. Help them to know that you are with them. Help them, God, to not be discouraged because you are their God. Strengthen them and help them. Uphold them with your right hand and do to them what needs to be done so that they will be prepared to receive what you want to do for them. We thank you. We love you. We ask these blessings in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God be with you. Now, listen, a couple of things. Please don't tune me out yet. Listen, a couple of things. Very, very important. Uh, first of all, if you'd like to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, click on the link that says, I want to be saved. I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to God. 
and I will lead you through the prayer of salvation. If you're looking for a church home and you'd like to unite with us, man, please click on the link and say, I want to join the church. We would love to welcome you to be part of our church family in person, on the digital platform or in a hybrid fashion. Whatever you need, the Good Hope Church is here to help serve you and help you experience God in a real and personal way. Now, worshiping the Lord in giving, there are six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving here at the Good Hope Church. You can pick any one of those six ways to worship the Lord in giving. We ask you to be faithful in your giving and remember God loves a cheerful giver. And so I want you to be prayerful because giving is an act of worship. It is an act of worship. And we are simply giving back to God a portion of what the Lord has given to us. And so I want you to be really, really prayerful about giving in a way that honors God. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And let's continue to allow God to have his way in our lives. All right. Until next time, God bless is my prayer.